Welcome to A Theory in Consciousness, the podcast. Welcome to A Theory in Consciousness, the podcast. Brought to you by Huffman Martial Arts, the only mixed martial arts gym in Huffman, Texas. Let me tell you something, these guys are great. Uh, several of my friends and I train there. They have programs including gi and no gi jiu-jitsu, wrestling, boxing, kickboxing, and other forms of MMA striking, you know, like ground and pound and cage work. Their classes are available for adults and children ages 6 and up. They also offer private lessons and host special events like self-defense classes, some for women only. So if you're in the Huffman, Texas or surrounding area, you should definitely check out Huffman Martial Arts. Don't forget to tell them we sent you. Okay, so this marks the first episode of Ethereum Consciousness, the podcast. My name is Jeff Pippi, and I'll be your host. I want to thank everyone for joining us today, and fair warning, this is my first podcast of any kind, uh, so any grace you can give me on the production side is greatly appreciated. You know, this being our maiden voyage, if you will, stands to more to uh, describe what we are attempting to do by way of this podcast. The episodes which follow will actually be related to the topics surrounding the theory itself, uh, but today I just want to cover some small basics, you know, who I am, what the theory is, uh, you know, how we're developing it, etc. So just a, a little brief intro on myself. Um, you know, I've always been a deep thinker. Uh, my mom asked me what I wanted to be at like age 10, and my response was a philosopher. But um, anyways, you know, I left home at an early age because of my, my thinking, I guess, prowess. You know, I always had a, a problem with small answers. You know, my, my father um, had a way of, of doing things. He's very military and, um, you know, it's, it's do as I say, you know, certainly not as I do, but do as I say. And that, that answer was never good enough. I needed the why, why are you asking me to do this? Why am I expected to do this? What's, what's the benefit What's the pros? What's the cons? Can I can I make the decision? And there was never that wasn't allowed, and I rejected it to the core of my soul. So, you know, I left early, um, and you know, I started working, and and I always worked, but I always had a fascination for learning things that I enjoyed, not not things that were in school, taught in school for sure. But um, you know, I ended up having a child fairly early. I was twenty two when I had my daughter. And shortly after that, her, you know, after her first birthday, her mother left and it became just me and me and Braylon, my daughter. And I kind of dove into my career in raising her um, over the next 18 years. I was blessed to work for a large corporation and was mentored by several people um, in the arts of business. And I, I developed many skills that, you know, frankly, I used in creating this podcast. But as the years went on, I ended up retiring uh, at a very early age, at about 38, um, and then I kind of went on this journey. Um, so over the last six years, or you know, five and a half years, I've really kind of just delved into the self-consciousness, um, understandings, um, ancient principles. I've done, you know, I've just, I've just done mounds and mounds of research on my own and basically just let my fancy, if you will, kind of guide me. It's like something sounded interesting. You know, part of the, part of what I did in my career was as a communications director. So I fell in love with the English language during that time and, and really learning how words were created, where they come from has been a, a huge part of my life. And, and again, that's, you know, kind of driven how I've really studied is, is 
learning the roots of things. And that's really where understanding comes from, is being able to understand things from the root to the finish, right? So, you know, when you apply that to yourself, you end up in a situation where you have to uncover all of your traumas, if you will, the things that kind of made you who you are. Why are you the way you are? Why do you respond to situations the way you do? Um, you know, in a, kind of a long story short, you know, when, when you break through a lot of those barriers, the world becomes uh, uh, kind of an open book. And, you know, the the process that I'm creating here with a theory and consciousness is to really lay that out. Um, and of course, this is a, a work of progress. I'll say that a lot, but, um, you know, this process is going to be to really get it out of my head and onto paper and that that takes many forms. You know, um, we the ultimate goal is to write a book, uh, to have all of this theory in place is kind of like a, a linear format. But, um, you know, we also have um, a blog and a website at atheocon.com. That's A-T-H-E-O-C-O-N.com, which is just a theory and consciousness <laughs> shortened. Um, then, of course, atheocon is kind of like the tag name. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook uh, under those as well. Um, that's going to be where our blog is and a little bit of a kind of more of a biography on myself. Um, and of course, we'll have links to podcasts and our, all of our sponsors there as well. So without further ado, our first guest today is Braylon Pippi. This is my daughter. She's 21 years old, um, quite the mature young person for her age. And we're going to hear what she has to say to kind of help us kick this off. You know, she was actually a little bit of a <clears throat> instrumental part of this. She helped create the logo, the um, all the backgrounds, and, and anything that's visual as far as this goes. And uh, she's really, really awesome because she has a tendency to <clears throat> listen to what I say, and I'll I'll kind of say a bunch of ramblings and everything, and then she gets to work on her iPad. Next thing you know, she's got exactly what I asked for <clears throat> drawn, but of course it looks a little bit better than I imagined it. So, Braylon, thank you for you know, joining us on this first podcast and helping us kick this off and interested to th see um, what your perspective on the first blog is. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I'm extremely excited to say the least. This uh, first blog is unique on its own, obviously, because it's setting up what we're doing here, specifically the information that we're, that you're relaying which is really cool because I grew up with you. So a lot of these concepts are very familiar to me. However, getting to just see this little window that you've made, you know, it, it gives a clear image of what we're diving into. However, it's not diving into it. And it leaves a lot of room for uh, curiosity. And I think that's what this blog really hones itself to is inspiring curiosity as well as harnessing uh, principles that like you've said uh, relate to all spiritual experiences you know like these are more so like guidelines that uh, we're discussing and I, I think it's really cool how you introduce it um, the comparison to like being an artist with different brushes and different canvases and it, that's exactly what we're, or that's exactly what you're doing, especially with the different mediums, like the blog, podcast, the book itself. I'm really excited to see how you use the blog to foreshadow what's coming in the chapters in the books. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I, <clears throat> I was um, thinking about that because the way this all starts is I've been trying to write this book forever and, you know, I might write uh, two pages, three pages here, and then I might not do anything for three months. And over the past, <clears throat> I guess, 18 months, I've really kind of stepped it up and started writing. But, you know, as somebody who's kind of ADD in nature, my mind flexes from one thing to the next. And, you know, what I find myself doing is, is explaining something and then realizing that I'm using very large terms. And it's like, you know, well, gosh, most people don't even know what that is. I need to kind of explain that first. So then I start to create a whole nother chapter about, you know, the, the underlying information that you need to understand the, the concept I'm trying to talk about. You know, with that in mind, I'm trying to get this stuff out. And like, I've been writing this book and I have this order, but the blogs and the podcast can't necessarily be laid out in the same order. You know, if you were trying to read something linearly, you know, you're, you're going to start at, you know, page one and then end on page 300, whatever. Um, <clears throat> there's a linear aspect that you have to look at. But from this, you know, kind of position, um, I kind of am going to be able to like grow and in any direction I want. So as like a first example, the second blog was supposed to be the second chapter of the book, but this that really gets into kind of like the background of hermetics and the hermetic principles and these different principles that have been around for thousands of years. And the title of everything is a theory and consciousness. And it's like, we don't even, we're not even talking about consciousness. We're talking about all this other stuff that kind of relates to consciousness. And if you really want to understand this specific theory, you need to understand the hermetic principles and other things. Um, but I can't necessarily start there. So it's almost like I'm starting three quarters of the way into the book is the beginning of the blog and the, the podcast. So it's like you said, kind of said, it's meant to it, it solicit, um, I guess, information from other people. I can write a small blog. I can have a podcast. I can have a guest, but I'm going to get feedback from the audience as well. I'm going to get information, your questions, or, Hey, well, did you ever think about it like this? And those things all help to, you know, kind of like uh, shape the overall image of, uh, of the theory itself. And as anything goes, you know, it's like, it's like science. It's, it evolves as my understanding and other people's understandings kind of evolve over time. Yeah, absolutely. And my favorite aspect about, you having the blog and the podcast is if you receive a lot of feedback about one topic, you don't have to do one blog about that topic. You know, like you said, you're even starting in like three quarters of the way into your book. That again is to give people an awareness of the subject we're even talking about. Um, for me, these are very relatable ideas and concepts because again th these have been things that have been prominent throughout my life however these aren't necessarily topics that are common to the society that we have and i think it's really cool how you have this unique ability to focus on whatever you need to focus on or like rehash rediscuss and you're also creating an open forum like you said where you can collect feedback and other ideas from your audience itself. So it's kind of like the author and the audience are coming together to interdependently form 
and shape this book like you were talking about. And I think that's something that's very unique to this generation that we haven't been able to do before. Well, I guess I would argue that it's not unique to human nature. Um, for thousands of years, people have been sitting in their temples um, as their designated chosen one to write the religious doctrine or the laws of the land, whatever it is that they're, they're kind of controlling the people with. And if you want to eliminate that element of controlling other people, you have to really let them be involved in the development of their own consciousness. I feel like I put all this stuff into really, really good words, but even if it just sparks enough interest for somebody else to walk this path and maybe they're going to have better ways to uh, describing it to other people. And, and ultimately it's all about enlightening everybody so that they can be sovereign, which is uh, just a way of saying self-ruled. You know, you don't need a governmental authority to tell you where to go. You don't need them to uh, tell you what to eat. You can look at yourself. You can say, Hey, I ate a whole cake yesterday and geez, I feel terrible today. You know, th those two things correspond with each other. And people are so quick to just say, hey, that guy over there is listed as an expert. And what does he think I should do? And the decisions about we should, what we should do as individuals is largely based on our own perspective and our paradigm of the world. What should I do based on my past experiences? Now, you might run into a situation where you're in a new experience and you've never done anything before. And there, yeah, geez, there's somebody sitting here who's done it a million times. Sure, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to see how they do it. But I'm not going to try to mimic them. I'm going to try to figure out what they're doing that works for me, incorporate that, and throw everything else away. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to touch on that real quick, if you yeah. don't mind. Yeah, no, no. And, and this format really is why I'm doing it. It's kind of the exact opposite of how any type of knowledge has been distributed or written down and kind of held by the, uh, the people who have had it in the past. Absolutely. Um, like you said earlier, these principles are not new principles. They're among the oldest set of principles we have at least known to modern man. You know, like the, these have been documented throughout all religions and all time periods. So it's not that, like kind of going back to the innovation aspect, like you were talking about, we're not taking information from experts and saying this is this. It's very much so like taking the information that pre-exists and innovating and elevating it. That way you have the opportunity to take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Um, I think that's the most interesting part about your project is the innovation aspect of it. Like you said, it's integrating not only your experiences, it's allowing other people to integrate their experiences. And it's, it, it's an opportunity to teach humanity how to become interdependent through their own conscious efforts. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's something that's very noble. We don't have a lot of noble tasks and projects in our conscious uh, society I, I would say um you know there, there kind of is but it's very underground and what they call it is is open source right um let's say like like um linux most people don't even know what linux is linux is an operating system like microsoft or ios um, but it's an open source system which means that the code that produces the actual operating system is out in public you can not only download the, the software, but you can you know, download the code, tweak it if you want, 
and push it back out as your own little version. Um, and that's what this is. This is open source knowledge of consciousness and what, what it really is. And people are going to take it for what it's worth. Some people are going to reject it. Some people are going to accept it. Some people will probably be, you know, zealot about it, which, is, you know, nobody should ever be anything like that. But um, it gives everybody a chance to at least participate. And I'm going to put it in so many different mediums. If you're a book reader, you're going to be able to get to it. If you like to listen to podcasts, you're going to be able to get to it. If you just like quick blogs and quick short things, you're going to be able to get to this information. And if it sparks interest, there'll be a, a pathway to more. Absolutely. I think this is like the modern version of the Library of Alexandria. Like you said, the information is accessible. Um, the information is mutable it's not set in one fixed format there you you have the ability to gain the information manipulate the information and um, discuss information which is the ultimate way to learn in my opinion and that's really what i feel you're doing the most is giving people the opportunity to learn in a new way and solidify their understanding of themselves because what I've learned most in my life is seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And what I found through that is if I seek to understand and I want somebody to understand me, you know, like I want somebody to understand my consciousness and why I do things the way I do. If I don't understand the things that I do and why I do them, then how can I expect anybody else to understand and relate? Because first, for them to relate, I must relay my information. And this, the hermetic principle specifically is a way that I evaluate everything in my life. And it, it gives me kind of guidelines and a lens to focus myself through. That way I can see things clearer. And, you know, it, it's, it's a plug and play. You know, how does this affect me based off of these, uh, these standards? You know, because these are, thing, these are principles you can apply to any situation and it, it's kind of like a color coding aspect. You can highlight certain things and look into the purpose and the source of you through these principles. And I think that's really neat getting to share with other people because then we get to see, well, what, what are humans? And I think once you understand who you are, then you can kind of go further and be like, well, who is everybody else? Who are we as a collective? And that's the bigger step, I feel, towards enlightenment. Because once you've enlightened yourself, how can you then spread the light, spread the wealth? And I think that's, that's something that I greatly admire in what you're doing, is you're spreading the light and spreading the wealth. You're not doing this as a way to gain monetary income. It's very much so you just feel this need to share information, which is something that is I think honestly greatly uh, greatly underestimated. You know, the information is knowledge, and knowledge leads to wisdom, and wisdom leads to power over the self. And if you have power over yourself, then there is nothing that can harm you. You have to allow things into your space, and this just gives you the ability to understand what your space is in the first place. So, right, right, and you, you kind of touched on the. Uh saying uh, this is like a modern day library of Alexandria and that's certainly plays into the larger scope of, of our, our project is more of like a family. And this is actually more of Braylon's idea of creating this 
kind of like school, which would be like a, not really a school, but like what the original university was, um, was it Plato who, or one of the ancient Greek guys created the, the university, which is a place where everybody could come and learn and speak freely. And that's where a lot of this philosophy, you know, philosophical ideas come from. You know, you, you Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, those, those guys, they were all, their wisdom was all products of this, uh, this system, this university. And, and Braylon kind of came up with this great idea called universe city, which is a play on obviously university, <laughs> but, um, to make a, a place where just like that, where people could come back and know you're not going to be a tenured professor teaching your political bullshit here. This is all about, you know, just expressing ideas. And if you disagree with somebody, well then, Hey, maybe you have a nice little argument or a debate, but debate is uh, where you really learn a, a ton of information. It's like, I'm going to go out there with my arguments. And when I can't, prove myself or my arguments to somebody else and, or the, the, the room of, you know, collectively, you know, there's only one of two possibilities at that point, you know, one, I'm dead ass wrong or two, everybody else is an idiot. Uh, usually the first one is going to be <laughs> the right answer. Um, but at the same time, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a test of your morality to go stand up and, and, and speak about how you are and how you act. Um, because we all have different senses of morality and this kind of leads into this whole understanding that what I'm doing here is not a new religion. It's not a new anything. This stands side by side with religion. It can stand by side, side by side with any religion. It's a set of principles, not a set of morality. And when you really get down into the deep understanding of it, it's the, these principles are how the universe, our physical universe was created. It's also mirrored back to us and how we were created. And that's kind of some of the topics we're going to go into in the next blog and um, <clears throat> podcast more in detail. Um, but it's, it's just really, really interesting to always be able to come back and remember what's really happening. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you just experience something traumatic in your life and you feel terrible. You feel like you're dying on the inside we look at that as a negative situation, something we don't want to be in, but everything happens for a reason. And we get stuck in those situations because we're supposed to be learning something there. Oftentimes we don't learn it and we have to re experience these traumas, these wounds that, uh, you know, seem like they're just, they just won't go away, but there's a certain level of acceptance you have to have with loss. You know, when you think about life and death, what, what is it? What, why is death even imminent? Why do we have to experience it? Well, the, the reality is, is if death didn't experience or if death wasn't an experience, then none of us would be here because everybody who was alive millions of years ago would have just stayed alive. And, you know, they, they would at a certain point said, hey, there's no more room. We can't have any more babies. You know, the, the overpopulation thing would just be like through the roof. I mean, imagine all the animals in the world. I mean, what would you eat if you couldn't kill something? I mean, uh, you know, the there's a lot of people out there who are against killing animals for food, but they don't mind killing plants for food as if that's not a form of life, that it doesn't have a consciousness behind it. Um, it's it, the reality of the situation is, is that life consumes life in order to stay alive. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's just kind of part of it. It's not good or bad in and of itself. It's only how we perceive it from our unique perspective. Which is why all things are good and bad, not good or. And I think that's 
Well, man, there's there's so many things that we can go into. I'm already kind of getting an itch to go into the principles themselves. But, you know, I think uh, I think you've made a really good point. You know, it's like, what is the point of reproduction if the first production never ends? How can you get better if there is no end? You know, if something is created and there's no end, then there's no opportunity for the the actual experience of life itself because if something never ends then there's there's no chronological order to like understand itself like there's no time yeah time doesn't exist and if time doesn't exist then what like what are you experiencing you know and uh I feel and like, what would be the point of the experience? What yeah. is the point of experience if not to have a beginning of the experience and an and end? end to the experience? Because then, what? How could you define an experience? Right, it would just be experience, experience. itself. Exactly, and that's what the all is there for. That's not what I'm here for. That's right. I'm really excited to see how this develops over time. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy just seeing even its effect on you because these are things that you've lived with your whole life but it wasn't until you really started refining and putting this into a physical format that it's it's kind of solidifying in you and it's it's cool seeing that from you because you're the source of this project and it's just neat thinking about how it'll have an effect on other people that get to interact with it as well sure um I would only argue with the fact that I'm not the source of this. <laughs> I said the project. Um, I'm I'm simply the scribe. Um, you know, one of the things I like about Stephen King, um, who I think is a very weird human being, and I don't agree with most of what he says, but um, from a writer's perspective, you know, um, side note, we actually share a birth date of September 21st, but whenever he writes and he even talks about this in his dark tower series is that he's only writing what he sees. He's not like thinking this stuff up. It's not coming. You know, he's not like, hmm, how should I make this character? You know, what, what is their name? He doesn't have to do any of that. It's already there. He just kind of has like this window he looks through and he's just writing it down. And I feel very similarly. It's like <clears throat> every now and then it's just like the windows wide open and there's like a breeze blowing in and it's so intense that I can see everything mm -hmm. for just a moment. Um, but because these experiences are kind of not necessarily happening in the physical world, my physical brain struggles with it because it's trying to put into physical terms what is not physical. And if the not physical could be described physically, it would be physical. And so, you know, this is where analogies and metaphors and things really come into play. Absolutely. It's where you get to toy with the, the or the principle of correspondence. Yes, absolutely. And that's just the, the theory of basically reflection as above, so below, um, you know, and as, as within, so without. So it's like what's inside is already out in one form but I have to take it inside and then put it out in another form. And then, you know, obviously at this point, multiple forms, um, just to, just to try to, you know, describe what it is that I'm seeing when I close my eyes, you know, it's a, it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I think it's neat how you use the window analogy because that's the analogy that I used at the beginning of this podcast. And now we have another correspondence. 
So it's it's just neat seeing how all of this is laying out, and um, I'm really excited, especially like like you said with like the logo, you know, like it, it's it's an idea that you had to relay, and I had to receive and have enough knowledge and understanding of what you're talking about just to construct the vision that you had in your head and put it into physical terms. Um, but again, like there, there had to be that corresponding information in between. And, you know, I, I honestly love the logo, man. It's, it's one of my favorite things that I've ever worked on. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm using it for other things. Like <laughs> it, it, not other, like, well, it's open source projects, and you don't but... have to, you know, I own it. So nobody can make money off of it, but me. But if you want to spread it out there all day long and, and push it out there, that, that's fine. And, and, and again, not that I'm trying to make money off of it, um, but, you know, as much of an enlightened being as I am, I'm still very much human and I have very large ego and, you know, I want some recognition. <laughs> I would say it's beyond even the recognition, honestly, because you, you are performing a service to society and uh, by performing the service, there should be compensation and you know, like you said, like, even though you are an enlightened being, you are also a human being, which makes you a physical being. And in being a physical being, you have physical means. So if anybody should profit off of the ideas that you're contributing to society, it should be you since you are the one contributing because, again, you have your means to provide for. Sure. And the, the idea would never to be to profit off of this, but be able to sustain my life with, you know, pay my bills. Well, sustain um, yourself because in sustaining yourself, you're sustaining this idea, you know? So, and well, of course, as we've both discussed, like once you have an idea, then consciousness starts forming around the idea and the idea wants to protect itself. Sure. But you know, when, when you, you attach too much of an identity to an idea, you, you get false idols. This yes. is where idolization comes from. This is where worship comes from you know, where you're worshiping a false idol. Um, and I don't want to fall no. into that. And the more people who follow you and the more people who, you know, check that like button on every single thing you do, you know, if you walk outside and people mob you, there's a feeling of power that comes with that and power corrupts everybody. Why would I be any different? So the idea is to be able to kind of stave off those powerful things, let people use this stuff and, and contribute. But you know, you can't write under this banner. Only I can publish under this banner. That's what the copyright's for. That's what the trademark is for. This is this is you. Know, if it's going to be published, it's going to come through me, and that's what the rights are for primarily. The whole point is is that the, you know being open source, it, it's for everybody, everybody to use, everybody to pr uh, spread or even modify their own. And if you want to come up with your own little thing and uses some of what I've written as a, as a basis, and then you add on to your own and create your own little logo and everything, that's fine. Go ahead. Good. That, that, that is what I'm trying to do is inspire people to really deep dive into themselves. You know, I can't teach you what consciousness is. I can show you as best I can in physical terms what consciousness is, but you have to experience it just like anything else before you really understand it. I, you can sit there and watch somebody swimming in the ocean all day long. You can read a thousand books on how to swim in the ocean. But until you jump in the water and you feel the current pulling on you and you're struggling to stay up and try to breathe and try to get back to land, you don't understand. You would never understand what it's like to swim. Let's go ahead and take a quick break so we can tell you about Bonnie Barker, my personal Houston area realty expert. She's with JLA Realty, one of Texas's fastest growing brokerages. Now, 
Bonnie has handled all of my personal real estate transactions. She is familiar with the entire Houston area and it doesn't matter what I'm looking to purchase when it was my first home and when I'm ready for my next investment property. She is the only one I call. You can find her on Facebook and her email is available in the podcast description or on our website at atheocon.com. I want to thank Braylon. Um, she took time out of her day today to join this podcast. She's very busy. She's worked like 15 days in a row this point on her at her jobs but um thank you very much for coming we appreciate it and i know you got to go because you have another appointment to get to i appreciate you very much and man honestly this is something that is um, i'm always willing to make time for this is something that i believe in in my heart and i i love seeing what you're doing and i i would love to be i would love to continue being a part of it so Again, thank you for having me, and uh, I, w- I wish you the best of luck. So that's going to wrap up our first episode of Ethereum Consciousness. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your support. In addition to this podcast, you can visit us online at atheocon.com, where you'll find our blog and links to all of our podcasts and social media pages.